mysterious and spooky. They're all together, ooky, the Adams family. The house is a museum when people come to see them. They really are a scream, the Adams family. Neat. Sweet. So get a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on. We're gonna pay a call on the Adams family. No, no, Mr. Heckles, no one is making any noise up here. You're disturbing my oboe practice. You don't play the oboe. I could play the oboe. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to keep it down. Who are you? Hi, I'm Eric. I'm going to be Chandler's new roommate. I'm Chandler's new roommate. I don't think so. I could be Chandler's new roommate. But he told me over the phone. He told me in person. It's weird. Well, I'm going to uh, going to my new apartment now. Everybody, welcome to the Three Geek Podcast. How is everybody doing this fine, wonderful day? It's raining. It's it raining. raining. Yeah. Good. Man, I was going oh, through. It's sunny here. <laughs> <laughs> we have on today's show coming up in one hour the fabulous Larry Hankin. We've had him on our show before, and after the interview, we're like, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that he was a stand-up comedian or an improv comedian, so. We wanted to get Larry back. Max and I wanted to have him on the live show because we think he would gel really well on this format. So we got Larry Hankin coming up. I want to send a shout out to a friend of ours, uh, Arc Matter, Anthony Domo Batman. Hey, man, we we wish you well wishes. Um, we're sorry about the accident you had, and we're glad that you're okay. So get well soon, my friend. Check out Arc Matter on YouTube. Send him some love. Yes, absolutely. Crazy. Let absolute know craziness. the Three Geeks podcast sent you. Also, I want to take a moment and thank everybody for all the support we've been getting. Just by hitting like on these videos, you're giving us more support than we could ever imagine. And we appreciate it because the views and listenership and downloads is really, really coming through. So thank you guys very, very much. I want to take a second to do something I always forget to do, which is promote us. Uh, <laughs> upcoming, we have Liz Priestley coming on. She... Uh, Interview will air this week at some point. John DeBello, check out the interview we did with him. He was the uh, director of all the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes movies, producer, writer, all that fun stuff. We got Andrew Cassie from uh, Revenge of the Nerds coming on, and that was a lot of fun to talk to him. Uh, the writer of Jaws, uh, John Gottlieb, a lot of fun to talk to. So many stories. 
uh, Suze Lanier from Hills Have Eyes, and um, uh, Jeff East coming out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man, I blanked for like a brief moment. I'm sorry. It's, it's a lot of names to keep track of. You were doing good, man. <laughs> I think I'm going to have Jason be the MC of my world's worst tour of all time. He'd be like, uh, up next, we've got uh, shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got porn coming up. Oh, I meant corn. I'm so sorry. The K looks like a P. I am. I apologize. I apologize. But uh, we're let's get into it, guys. Uh, worst tour lineup of all time. I'm Wait, can, go, can we can we can we back up for a minute because maybe some listeners don't know why this came about. Do they? Do they need to know why? Uh, <laughs> okay, never mind. Forget it. <laughs> we spent we spent forty five minutes. Talking I know we, we spent a long time last last time <laughs> talking about why this came. About. This is now a music podcast. Yes, everyone. Listen. I mean, you can be geeky about music. It, it, I, I I feel like you can geek about anything. It's like oh I, yeah, you can. A geek is not yeah. limited to fucking Batman. You know, <laughs> that's why we changed the name of the podcast from Geek News to Three Geeks. We could talk about anything because technically you could geek out about politics, even though we don't do that a lot. Yeah, we're not going there. Especially yeah, right now. But I'm just saying, in general, you can geek out about anything. Anything. Can be geeky. Oh no, my brother's a politics geek for sure. <laughs> I am not. It's more in reference to the consistency of the topic. I am uh, crying about politics geek. <laughs> John, start us off with your lineup of uh, worst tour of all time. Okay, worst tour of all time. Uh, I think we agreed to four openers, two headliners. Uh, at least uh, that's what I remember from last week. Oh, um, I I'm going to start with an opener. I don't remember. How- that is going to be a hot take. Uh, and I know how much Jason loves Hot Take Orlando, but here we go. Um, my opener, 21 Pilots. 21 wow. Oh, the Columbus hate. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, every song sounds exactly the same. I don't understand it. I don't I don't get it. The truth is, John, I'm not a biggest fan either. I did like the song they did with Suicide Squad, but that's the only song of theirs I actually have listened to more than once. Yeah, I don't get it. So they they would be an opener, for sure. Um, next, even though I think that we we agreed it could be anyone, because this artist is unfortunately no longer with us. But again, if we're fantasy booking this terrible tour, <laughs> I think my tour has to have a representative of country music, and that's going to be Conway Twitty. <laughs> You don't like the twin? You're not a fan of the I don't, oh, I don't like you must hate not. family guy. <laughs> that seems oddly random, but okay. <laughs> here here is the other one too. Um another country western act. I hated Ray Stevens. Like Whoa, I love Ray Stevens. I don't <laughs> I don't. It's the streak, John. <laughs> I hated those songs. I as a kid, I'm like I always equated him to like a knockoff Weird Al. Huh. That's so, fair. But I think he was before Weird Al. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he was much, much before because he's like eighty years old or something. I didn't like, even know if he was still alive. Be a knockoff of somebody that you came before. Yeah, Unless he has well, a time machine. Look, I'm just saying Weird Al did it better. No, Ray Stevens went went back in time and to be to be uh, Weird Al's grandfather. And <laughs> that's just weird. 
He got into a TARDIS, and then it went... He went to the future and saw what Weird Al was doing, and then went back to the past and tried to copy it. And did it worse. But it ended up inspiring Weird Al to be Weird Al. So it's you know it's, it, it chases its own tail. It Welcome does. back to the live show of Russell. And yes, the Suicide Squad song is great. They are catchy and fun to listen to. And Russell has a problem with John thinking Ray Stevens sucks. Hey, look, Hot Take Orlando. It, 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 we don't call him Hot Take Orlando for nothing, okay? <laughs> All right, my next, my final opener for this horrible, horrible tour. Um, the Pussycat Dolls. Okay. I'm not a fan. Never, no, never dug them. So now for our two openers. But I mean, I think. The worst? What? Nothing. Continue. <laughs> All right, here we go. I thought I needed somebody to represent, and I'll use this term loosely, hip hop on this tour. So I picked <laughs> K-Fed. <laughs> wow. Listen, what I, I can't hate on anybody that dated Britney Spears. I had a huge crush on her. So did I. But it's still K-Fan. I mean, like, you had a huge crush on her because, like, you respect her as an artist or because she was hot when you were young? She was super attractive. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't understand what the music has anything to do with how hot she is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, like, you know, I don't know. I'm respecting the man. For, for banging her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, that, that, he gets a pass. I, I feel you. And my second and the closer of the store. It can, it can only be one band. We're just pulling around on you. Winger. Nice. Winger. Hey, now. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I like Winger. They're not good. But as, as for your, your closer, like, okay. I went to one of those Rogaine Rock um, tours a while ago, and it was uh, Winger and Faster Pussycat were the, were the were the leader ones. So, so we we went late to not see Winger, <laughs> but still, you know, headlining. I don't know. Hey, look, I I have my friend's wife years ago. This was like, geez, like early two thousands. I think um, she's met. Like she went to a, one of those same kind of package radio station jams and yeah. all the you know. Yeah. B-level bands and Winger was there and she was like, Kip Winger thinks he is still hot shit. Like he still thinks yeah, it's 1985 yeah. and everybody should bow down to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's the cat's meow still. Wow. So there you go. I want to get to my lineup next, if that's okay. Sure. So Fine. my first opener, because I was trying to find somebody in hip hop who is really, really bad, and I don't know if anybody has heard any of his disses to Eminem. This guy can't even write a beat. Uh, the opening act for my tour is Nick Cannon. Ooh. Oh, oh okay. No. I don't know. Gigolo was a good song with Nick Cannon. I just you know. Hot take Orlando, always on the go. <laughs> All right. Well, we got some fresh uh, comments to catch up on. Uh, John's tour is already weird. No one knows Conway. Uh, Russell, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Family Guy brought yeah. Conway Twitty back. Boom. Uh, had a huge crush on Britney. Yes, we did. No, and no, we didn't. His tour would be Luke Bryan, Kid Rock, and Vanilla Ice. Fucking Russell. Shut the fuck up, Russell. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Someone's still <laughs> That's why he's angry. <laughs> Following Nick Cannon on this wonderful tour, and we'll probably do a duet of. How does this happen to me song. every week? Dicky Breaking Heart is Billy Ray Cyrus. You're basic. We'll be following Nick Cannon uh, on this put, tour. Put a, put a pin in that. <laughs> uh, following that, I don't know if you guys remember this band led by Tommy Lee from the 90s. 
Method of Mayhem. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, like, does, does Tommy Lee get a pass? Because, like, not only did he rail Pamela Anderson, but there's a video of it. <laughs> no, John? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I, was just want, I just wondered if you got it because K-Fed gets a pass. I, 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 I did enjoy Pamela Anderson. She'd be a super attractive lady, but. Uh, just just check it. Next checking. up on this lineup is Creed. One of the worst bands of all time. Everybody in my high school loved this band. Well, most of the people in my high school loved this band, and I never understood this. I hated the lead singer. I saw him on a poker game. The guy was a douche. Yeah, no, that guy was notoriously a douche. But the best act on this lineup, and that is not a compliment Mm -hmm. to anybody, is my headliner, which is William Hung. Oh, dang. That poor man. He was just, he was just trying to live his life. Look, and then... look, he went out there and did his thing. Okay, you put yourself out there. This is your your upper criticism. Like just because he's known for being horrible. I mean, hey, just go be horrible. It's like that opera singer. This chick gets paid like millions of dollars to go sing, and she was like the worst singer of all time. But people just go to hear how bad she was. Who is this? I don't know her name. Let me. Like, uh, oh no, no, no! I know who you mean. She was on like America's Got Talent or whatever, right, Max? She was the. The, the the older lady from England, wasn't she? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What's her name? I hope you don't mean I, Susan I, I don't Boyle because she's really good. Susan oh, no, Boyle. She's actually bad. She's actually bad. No, but, Susan Boyle is, is actually good. Like, yeah. yeah. So, no, 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 I'm not like trying to be like a hot take Orlando here. Like, like she actually, actually cannot say. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I would I, never I, dream of trying to out hot take hot take Orlando. I thought Lady was funny, so I bought his CD, and I think I listened to two tracks before the joke got old, and I um, was very, very sad that I spent the nine ninety nine. That you spent ten dollars on that? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. What what song? I'm sorry. I'm looking up this bad reality singer. She bangs. <laughs> William Hung's big single was "She Bangs." She bang. She bang. <laughs> she, she bang. <laughs> <laughs> He reminded me of my good friend Tam because uh, we would go to karaoke, me and Tam, back right what after are you high school. To, I mean, and sound and counter races right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay? Tam, I'm not talking about all ages. <laughs> Specifically, my friend. At some point, phrenology is going to come into this. And then... Oh, my goodness. He, we went to Canada, him, Fuzzy, Mike, and I, and Tam sang Jewel at this karaoke bar, <laughs> and the only thing that ever came close to replicating it was the William Hung CD that I so, got. So would you do, would you co-headline Tam trying to William Hung? <laughs> Tam used to get so mad when we would call him William Hung. Uh, yes, because yeah. it's racist! <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's uh, it's legit reason to be mad. Yeah, like well, every I, time, every time somebody tells me, like you know, you look kind of like Al Roker, I just want to punch him in the face. Like that's not cool. Well, why we're on the subject, oh, no. I'm just kidding. But no, it wasn't because they're Asian. It was because their singing voices were similar. I've because... heard many Asian. <laughs> voices. Why were their singing well. voices similar, Jason? Oh, no. <laughs> Quit trying to horn in on John's turf. Sorry. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> There can only be one bigoted rant. You know, person, John, like the classes, it. the classes have actually been paying off for John because it has been like two or three weeks. <laughs> that, uh, a fucking yeah. I mean, I have. Yeah. 
I have not I have not gotten confused as to which is Chinese beer and which is Japanese beer. So I mean I, I now know it. You know? <laughs> there we go. Give me some sing tail. <laughs> no, Russell, you're actually right, Jason is totally racist. Uh, to um, to do what is popular to do in modern society, I will have Tam on next week's podcast. <laughs> See, I have an Asian friend. I was making fun of him last week. <laughs> he loves this joke. <laughs> I actually forgot we were doing this lineup, and I literally just made mine like two minutes ago. Oh my god, Max! Speaking your, of which, what is your worst tour of all time? Oh man. All right, opening. Yoko Ono. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you I thought about her. I thought about her, Max. I really did. Opening. We're coming out. <laughs> Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be reading the, the, the comments. Uh, okay, so Yoko Ono is opening. Uh, next in line, we've got Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> and, and and that's actually gonna come come into play at the end. But, but hold yeah. on, hold on. Is your Billy Ray Cyrus doing a duet with Nick Cannon of no, Achy no, Breaky Heart? No, no, he's doing his own Achy Breaky Heart because why would why would I have I mean it's bad enough. I'm not gonna invite Nick Cannon. <laughs> Don't tell my heart. My <laughs> All right. Achy so uh heart. after Billy Ray closes his set, uh Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. She can uh, she can come on and do her her craziness. Uh, after Britney, I say Millie Vanilli. Right? Uh, you mean Millie or Vanilli? The Millie Vanilli. Oh, you, I had that on my list. One, <laughs> one of them. Hey, is hey, no. Favorite. You can bring back the other one because if I have can have Conway Twitty, then you can have Millie Vanilli. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah so but Vanilli. but are they lip syncing or, or, or actually singing their own? But okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for the headliners. We've got Vanilla Ice and um, Little Troy or Cowboy Troy or whatever, whatever sings Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus. Little Nas X. Whatever. Yeah, whatever that fucking guy's name is. Fuck that guy. Fuck that song. <laughs> Damn. And uh, yeah, that's that's the worst concert of all time. See, uh, personally, I think Vanilla Ice has one good album, but I agree with Max. He's got one good song. Extreme. I love. I, we talked about it on favorite guilty pleasures. I love to the extreme, but I agree with everything close to the extreme. He's horrible. He was gonna be on my list. No, but, uh, Vanilla, and Vanilla Ice. Ice. Vanilla Ice is. Uh, he's got to play songs from his rock career, not his rap career. Actually, oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> Why do you hate? Me? Yes, it's supposed to be the worst concert ever. <laughs> I almost put Snoop past his first album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that but that would have been a hot take, Orlando. It would have. <laughs> you can only perform the songs that weren't hits. I mean, hey, but no, I went to see Snoop in concert, and he performed all the old school stuff that was good. None of the new school it, stuff that's like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think he knows. I'm pretty sure he well, knows. To be fair, I I've seen Snoop live too, and some of the songs that I hate that he's done on CD, he actually does better live. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, that would have that would have been a hot take, Orlando, for sure. <laughs> but that's it. That's my concert. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus comes out for Nas X, whatever that fucking guy's name is, at the end of the at the end of the show. Nice. You brought. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see mm -hmm. bulls. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm curious to hear what Dan's is. <laughs> Here we go. 
Okay, I I, I forgot about making Danzig? this. <laughs> I mean, I I love Danzig personally, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I I I did this because I completely forgot that we were we were gonna make a list and until we got that. on here. So. <clears throat> While the people are, are shuffled in and shackled to their seats, <laughs> um, William Shatner will, will be doing a dramatic poetry Ooh. reading with, with, with bongos. Good one! <laughs> but I'm going to go see William Shatner do a dramatic Good reading. one! I, I do well, yeah, that, that's to get you through yeah. the door for the rest of the pain. Uh, then, yeah, that's just, a, that's just the appetizer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, then you have Coldplay only doing an, an acoustic set. <laughs> I want to stab my ears with an ice pick already. <laughs> exactly. Then Godsmack takes the stage, but all, all of their equipment is broken, and then it can only play every song that they did that that has one chord. <laughs> yeah, like you, must, you must limit them to original so, songs. So you're you're gonna get like a 45 minute version of voodoo <laughs> it's, it's gonna be great it'll be good for the first uh, one and a half minutes every string is the d string yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> only well, no 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 you need you need at least three strings and, and maybe a drop d because because they need one chord <laughs> <laughs> um then filter okay no no specifics just filter yep because <laughs> I, I saw them once and they were like Complete ass. <laughs> so, uh, then for, for my two closers, uh, you have Marilyn Manson backed by Hanson. Ooh. Oh, I love the mashup. Thank you. Because oh, I don't like any of them. <laughs> and, and then yeah. for, for the closer, even though it's probably going to take about four hours, you're going to have Madonna performing Evita with music by Linkin Park. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't make it to that. I would have already killed myself. <laughs> I like and, and that's my concert. <laughs> that's cool. That's, uh, Dan, I like how you took some people You're that sadist. people like. <laughs> Guys, you, you ask for the worst concert. You, you get the worst sadist. concert. <laughs> Uh, Russell says, does uh, Nas write computer program for the whole concert? Wait, I'm confused by that comment. Does he mean the the Nas cowboy guy or Nas? Nas? Like, made you look. Baby Shark. That's a good one. Yeah, or baby or just, like, you know, Nas the, the drink. <laughs> <laughs> ba the baby Shark performed by Godsmack. That's what I have. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that will be their 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 closer. Is they they just do like a, a fifteen minute rendition of Baby Shark, the Nas Cowboy guy, yeah. John. Oh, oh. Uh, you know what? I think what would make Dan his concert even worse is if he had a side stage where you just yeah. had reenactments of all the Norton furniture commercials. <laughs> just the one, nice. just the bad one, no. the real bad one. <laughs> yeah. 
that's not, mm. that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. No, no. We'll we'll just put that. Well, no, no. That guy. That guy should be the MC of the whole thing, though. He should. Yeah, that. yeah. We'll 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 put the visionettes between the 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 acts. So. Oh, no. There you go. Coming up next, <laughs> you don't have any credits. Why are you here at this concert? <laughs> and if you can't oh, get credit at this Godsmack concert, <laughs> oh, oh, dude, you you can have the bands reenact the commercials. Like you have you have Godsmack do the, do the dude and the chick on the couch, but they don't have a chick in the band, so so it's just two dudes, and he's just like, hey. <laughs> My APR is so far away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one who's so far away. Mike, let us know. Let me get you my bands just so that... This is uh, the last time Mike shows up on the team. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> he's done. It's like... But I love Godsmack. <laughs> All right, Mike, go ahead. Okay. Um, so for my openers, uh, Chumbawamba, Ooh. just for the one song. Uh, you know it. You yep. know what it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe and his band. Oh. Russell Crowe has a band. Yes. Oh, he has a music career apparently. Oh uh, my god. Which is hilarious because you know we've heard him sing. Um, so yeah, that would be another one. Uh, Five Iron Frenzy, just because uh, I'm ashamed that I enjoyed that band when I was younger, <laughs> and I know it'll piss off my girlfriend because she hates Five Iron Frenzy, <laughs> so that's why I said it. All right, guys, hold on one second. Let's um, let's check out this Russell Crowe band thing. No. I, I that wasn't an invitation, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't need no. Stop it! Oh my! Oh, it's in Spanish. Oh man, you, you can't play all of it too because Russell Crowe will get a sick of bot on you. It come fight you. Oh my God, this is bad. <laughs> cut it! Cut it! I, I, I do like the uh, the Spanish subtitles in that though. Yeah, yeah, you could. Sounds a bit like the Norton Furniture guy when he sings. Bringing in Menudo, that bringing Menudo to to sing with him. That would be, <laughs> yes, the Menudo. Don't, man, you? don't build on my ideas. <laughs> Stick with your own. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, and my final or my last opener would be, or actually no, these would be the two feature performances. First one would be Angels and Airwaves, but then halfway <laughs> through their halfway through their set, Tom DeLonge just devolves into ufo stuff <laughs> it makes it entertaining and the second one would be the new radicals but the whole album that they did maybe you've been brainwashed too because fuck you all i actually like the new radicals so i'd sit there and listen to the whole album everyone else would hate it everyone else would probably recognize the one song you've got the music in you but okay then, but wow. then the rest of the songs would just be me jamming out because fuck everybody else. Hey. I decided to give myself a treat for putting together this shitty line. <laughs> and you know what, Mike? To be fair, I like the new radicals too. I listen. To I, I was gonna say I do too. So there you go. Shit. I don't think I don't think they count then. 
a little oasis in this. Movie. Like I said, it's my lineup. I I knew ever I knew a majority yeah, yeah. of people would probably be like either who are the new radicals or oh the guys who did that one song one time. <laughs> to be fair though, Dan mentioned Hanson and Marilyn Manson, and I would love to see the two of them perform. Yeah, together. only because it would be terrible. <laughs> yes, you know, like, actually looking forward to them performing. <laughs> Dude, you heard Russell Co- Crow, right? We all have to sit through Russell Crow. I, I've earned new radicals at the end. <laughs> Mike's just trying to soften the blow a little bit. He's like, I can't just make them do it. <laughs> yes, I can't just like, do a lineup of stuff I, <laughs> I can't do a lineup of music that I genuinely hate. I need to have something. <laughs> Mike is not as sick as the rest of us. Oh, Dan's a fucking sadist. Okay, that is not cool, Dan. I like Dan's <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that we could keep one act for for our ourselves. So I'm, I'm just gonna keep keep uh. Keep I'm Dolph dancing here, at, at, Dan. at, at, at the very end. No, Dan. No, no, no. You you stay with your shitty choices. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sit there with them. You enjoy them. Uh, Justin, what is your horrible lineup? I think my opener it would be the, the very first one is the Chuck E. Cheese live band. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> nice. And the second one will be the Wiggles, and I, I put this together all the time. <laughs> Just um, fresh beat band better not be on your lineup. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the next the next artist will be Rebecca Black, and she just sings that Friday song. That's it. Like this is all the for five or six songs. Um, and then Aaron Carter will come out and Ooh, really give God. us a solid rap. <laughs> or two. Uh, hardcore rap bass. Aaron Carter is a good one. I should have done a duet set with Aaron Carter. <laughs> and then Ashley Simpson, as she uh, will just not sing. <laughs> um, and then I think that the end of it will be Hinder, because I hate Hinder. Oh God, so much. Okay. Which song, what's their song again? Uh, Lips of an Angel was one of them. Oh yeah, it was not good. For for one moment, Justin, I thought when you went with the Chuck E. Cheese band that the next band you were going to stick to like this weird like yeah, animated. I thought you were going to say it was Emmett Otter's Jug Time Band. That would have been good. That I mean, that would have been hey, sweet. I'm not familiar. Hey, I'll the take Emmett Otter's Jug Time. Band. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, not the Country Bears. <laughs> yeah, Emmett Otter though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then, then the cast of Five Nights at Freddy's just just comes out and eats them all. Could uh, could everyone just be sung through the Chuck E. Cheese band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because really... if this is if this is taking place during uh, during still when COVID's around, those could be like the band proxies. Could be the uh, animatronic yeah. ones. Yeah, it's like actually her songs anyway. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have to pay her. You just have to pay royalties for playing shit fucking music. But in, instead of having a concert, then you could just have all the robots beat the shit out of each other, and it'd be a lot more better. No, no, <laughs> people would have fun. No. <laughs> and Chuck E. Cheese throws it right at at, at Godsmack. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson is down for the count. <laughs> oh man, like, if you got if you got Chucky down there, like because Chucky wasn't part of the band, was he? Yeah, he was, the was he? Oh, okay. I thought, I thought oh, yeah. it was just all side characters. He's he's everything, Max. He's front man, business owner, pizza oh delivery God. guy. He's everything. Yeah, pizza delivery guy. <laughs> How does he handle all that? The 
There's probably a lot of them. They just all call him Chucky. He's omnipresent deity, Max. Omnipresent <laughs> yes. deity. He's like he's like the Santa Claus of pizza. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the one thing I would love to be handling my pizza is a six foot tall rat. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'd probably go to John's concert. Uh, Dan's concert to me is the worst. Master Splinter would like to know your relocation. <laughs> I mean, the Wiggles. The Wiggles is pretty bad. I don't know how much of that I could sit through. I'm glad you didn't put the Fresh Meat Band. I saw them live with my daughter. <laughs> I mean, with the Wiggles, you at least move. Kids would love the Wiggles. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, here's the, to the Wiggles. Uh, I would have One Direction. <laughs> Bravo, Max! Such a great <laughs> choice from 2013. Oh, <laughs> just as relevant now. They're yeah. still like number thirty. It's just as relevant. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're just as relevant to me. <laughs> <laughs> Our carbon dating, man. We're uh... <laughs> and I had fucking you from twenty thirteen. I have Yoko Ono on my list. <laughs> oh yeah, because that is oh Billy Ray Cyrus from nineteen ninety three. Conway Twitty from the seventies. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I know what a bitch. <laughs> William Shatner from the '60s, so there. Well, no, but the, the the spoken word stuff was was later on. That was that was like 2000, uh, wasn't it? No, dude, that the uh, he did Rocket Man in like like the '70s. Yeah. Late, oh, late really? 70s. I, I, I wasn't even yeah. aware. And, uh, I, yeah, and I, I I would have added Nimoy, except he's dead because he he did the old the old uh, Hobbit song and stuff. That song is amazing, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. Okay, now, now imagine that as 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 a duet with Shatner. Yeah, Jason just made my list as he sings all the time. Uh, I really enjoy the William Shatner common people like spoken word backup, like because like I mean, they actually have some of the actual music in there, but uh, it's I, I don't know. I really actually dig it. Mama, I just killed a man. Put a gun against his head. Have you guys heard his Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. No. No. Oh. Please don't Google it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm staring at Jason's computer. I'm like, please yeah. don't. I don't want to see YouTube pop up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That was a good, some, some bad choices as far as lists go, I gotta say. Uh, kudos to all of you. Dan, to me, you had the worst lineup. But some Thank curious you, lineup. I, I like Lincoln Park, so that part of it didn't bother me. But everything leading up to that, even though I do kind of want to see the Hanson, Marilyn Manson, uh, yeah, yeah, I I just want to see it devolve horribly. So yes, <laughs> I just picture them as like background singers, just doing. Just <laughs> <laughs> not not in like any goth apparel either, and they're just regular apparel. So everybody's like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> I got an idea. Let's just follow this up. Everybody, name one uh, album that you like that you admit is horrible, but you still love it. Oh, okay. Ooh, I like this. Because yeah. oh. I can think of a Rubble lot. My head. Oh. I can give you like five right now. What if you have right impeccable now, you taste in music? <laughs> yeah, what what is that, Max? Like <laughs> my taste in music, Dan. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a it's an album that wait repeat that, Jason. It's an album that you own that you like that everyone else hates, right? Yeah, something that's universally okay. panned that you think is fantastic. Oh, oh it has to be universally panned because all I can think of are albums that no one even knows about. Right. Yeah, that's that's me too. Like something that everyone universally hates. See, I'll, okay, I'll throw one out because I think that it uh, when it came out, 
it you know it it struck a chord but it hasn't aged well but i still enjoy it it would be hooray for boobies by the bloodhound gang <laughs> yeah i concur fuck right. that <laughs> yeah i mean it hasn't aged well at all i mean i used to love that cd well wait a minute you said you still like that album well, yeah, I mean, it's got a certain like junior high school feel to it. Like you're like, yeah. hee, hee, boobies. Hee, hee, hee. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. Okay, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> I can turn the other side of it, which is fuck that album. So yeah, <laughs> okay, there we go. Right. It worked. It worked, John. <laughs> Max, he's super happy. Oh, oh uh, no, I, yeah, I'm just so glad I thought of something. Um, Crisscross, their second album, The Bomb. Mm. That's a good album. It's the bomb. I, <laughs> I dropped bombs like you machine. No, I, I dig it. it. It did not sell well. <laughs> I, I, I was a crisscross fan. Yeah, I, I really dig it, but it, it didn't, um, it didn't, uh, you know, top any charts. We'll say. I enjoyed Millennium. Oh, that's a, that's great. It's Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> well. Will Smith is arguably like in the top. 30 MCs of all time. Yeah. Well, it's his weakest album. But is it good? <laughs> you all are killing me. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, look, no, no, no. I like Chris Cross's third album, Young, Rich, and Dangerous. With I won't even go there. With Redman. Tonight, tonight, tonight is good. That's the only good thing on the whole cheese. thing, though. Tonight's the night, baby. Rest in peace to uh, one of the guys from Chris Cross. I can't remember which one. I think it was one of the group. Well, I seriously, seriously one of them died. Yeah, yeah, cancer. cancer. Really, I did yeah. not know that. It is holy shit. He had cancer back uh, when he did his third album. That's why he doesn't have any. Would never be uncrossed. <laughs> oh, well, now, well, now no one can hate that album because now they'll just be assholes. <laughs> right. Funny story though. Today, like this morning, I actually did put my clothes on backwards. Like I should go as crisscross today. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> I was, uh, I was what you say, a huge hip hop fan my entire life. Max can attest to this because he was with me the day I did. This. Yeah, no, he's definitely more of a hip hop fan than I am. I, <laughs> I used to wear my backwards when the first. CD I mean, came yeah, but out. I did that too. <laughs> we were young; it was acceptable. <laughs> I had a crisscross shirt that I wore backwards. Mm-hmm. I got I got a baseball jersey. Okay, so that I could wear. If you had a crisscross shirt that you wore backwards, and and then you put a coat on, nobody knows it's a crisscross shirt. <laughs> you would put the coat on backwards. Oh, like gotcha. Shirt. Okay, okay. Never I, mind. I, I like the cold dance, so I I'll walk around with. Yeah, that. yeah. Just <laughs> my basement's like twenty nine degrees. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say, Dan? What was yours? Oh God, I don't know. Um. Things that don't financially do well, or things that people don't like. I mean, you can throw in like Guar. Uh, I I I love Venom because <laughs> they're they're just so like like over the top, you know, black metal guys that that it just turns into silly parody. Uh, um, I don't know. There's there's all kinds of like goofy metal bands that aren't like financially, or, or people just play it and they're like, uh. Like I, I love like uh, you know, northern European death metal. Take your pick. What was that shit we were listening to on the on the main road trip? Uh, Which the, one? Frank Zappa. Oh oh oh! You you can't. 
Max, don't you dare. Yeah, don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Frank Zappa was a, was a I'm genius. Kidding. I'm kidding. And, and of course, I was just playing shit so, so that Max would be like, what the fuck is this? So, <laughs> Man, just, let's be happy we didn't get to, like, like Einsturz into New Botten or something, you know? <laughs> Hey, uh, Dan, can I ask a quick question? Since yeah. you brought up all these heavy metal, death metal bands. Have you ever listened to Austrian Death Machine? I don't think so. So it's a band from San Diego. They're not, they don't exist anymore, <laughs> but they made three albums. And okay. all three of the albums basically have ties to Schwarzenegger films. So oh. they do like every... <laughs> Yeah, every like okay. metal I band. Love okay. that band. <laughs> you remember that band? Because they had like get to the chopper, get yes. to the chopper. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's great stuff. And oh, they were called goodness. Austrian Death Machine. Damn, okay, man, you have to check these dudes out. You're yeah, I, I will look that up. <laughs> Dude, they do all of the movies, even like Pumping Iron, Riddle Mall. Every Schwarzenegger okay. film is represented in their catalog. I will look that up. After this cast, <laughs> oh, you're gonna, you know what, Dan? Like you're you're gonna have to send John like a special thank you note after this because you are gonna love it. Austrian yeah, death machine. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Dominating the countryside. Yeah, every, every bill that he passed has has a song. Bill. <laughs> but then it's just all, it's all like alternative acoustic at that point. It's not like <laughs> it's his own it's his own alternica. <laughs> Mike, what's yours? Um, I'm kind of in the same category as Dan, where it's like I can't think of albums that are universally like loathed that I really like because I'm kind of on board with universally loathing some stuff. Um, <laughs> Aero, Aerosmith's Nine Lives. Ooh, how uh, Rush oh. test for Echo. <laughs> I I like that album. Shit, I, I like those albums too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll even go with awesome. roll the bones if I have to. <laughs> yeah, but I, gotta, I, I just know those weren't commercially like what they wanted them to be. Yeah, like, but I think the only thing you got out of uh, um, Nine Lives was that one song, uh, Pink. I think that was yeah. the only song that like people really remember from that one. I, I personally love Loving Is Hard on the Knees. <laughs> I got yeah. I got two. Um this one isn't necessarily hated, but it's definitely considered to be the least of this band, and I think it's the best of this band, which is reload by Metallica. Saint Anger's on the list too, right? Ooh. You I you made me like, sad. Last one? Yeah, that's one where they filmed in a prison or whatever. That's a few hours. Man, oh, okay. this this first hour is me just shifting my my yeah. contempt all over to everybody. <laughs> I hate I all mean, of you. Goodbye. Oh my god. <laughs> reload. Man, Jason, reload. you bum me out okay. a little. <laughs> give me fuel, give me fire. Give me that which I'm Which is money. Just just this fucking money. And, and booze for, for, for Headfield. Let me tell you about Napster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me tell you about Napster while I sell my art collection for thousands of dollars. Drink wine and a suit. <laughs> fucking hey, they got trouble. Don't make me rant, guys. Don't, because it's, it's not going to be good. You, you didn't watch the documentary? Rant. Dude. Rant. Okay, I, I went out and rant. fucking bought Insane Anger, okay? And I put it in my, my, my car CD player, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be good, right? 
And I thought I, I put like disc two in that that have fucking um, Lars's drum track, you know, where, where they just put the, the the recorder behind the drum. No, no, that's the album. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. I, that, I that it just and, and I, I, I was with them through through load and reload. That was fine. You know, it was just like okay, we want to expand stuff and go into like like a little hard rock. All right, that that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm not going to call you a sellout. And then Saint Anger yeah. comes out, and it's just like, oh, this fucking sucks. We're just going to copy every other band around us, not have any guitar solos. We're just going to, yeah, yeah, suck it. We're Metallica now. We're great. Do you Here, agree, have, have why death why magnetic. Dan and Max like anything? <laughs> Mike's on the list too. I, I like, like things, Dan. Yes. <laughs> Why are there six of you? It's called three. Change it to perpetual loathing. Oh my god! <laughs> the two hours of hate podcast. Oh man! <laughs> I should have put Metallica on my damn list, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, what, oh what my god! For the Metallica rant, I wanted him to be zoomed in on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But it needs to it needs to be a slow zoom, like as he gets more built. <laughs> it can't be just a fast zoom and then Hi, folks. And like, I'm Andy Rooney and I'm gonna tell you about Metallica. Yes. That one that one's going on the next supercut. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's yours? Um I don't I don't know. I don't I don't do well with things on the spot. Um <laughs> I would imagine almost anything oh shit. I like Young MC's second album. Oh yeah. I do. I think Young MC was great. Well, at least the first two albums, and then yeah. they got really bad. Then then it got really bad. Busted Boot is one of my favorite songs. Okay, so do. that's one song we're talking about. Albums. Principal's <laughs> Office. I like that song too. Fastest Rhyme. That was good. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. That was a good one. Fucking Shark <laughs> Eat Me. <laughs> I just got uh, Deep Blue Sea 2 and 3 from the library. Juice? Oh, God. Oh, dude. <laughs> I need to see those. No. I can't wait. You know, like, I don't hate on Deep Blue Sea. I actually really like that movie. I, for, for a shark movie, it's it just does just fine. But, the shark's uh, got smarter. <laughs> but, yeah, 2 two and 3, I don't think I don't <laughs> think they, they warranted that. John's oh, oh Max. They're, they're, they're going to be horrible. It just sounds great. Sharknado <laughs> can have six movies. Yeah, yeah, but they cost $35 to make. They have the entire cast from 90210, except for Shannon Doherty, who actually costs money. <laughs> the CG's probably more than $35. Okay. Sharknado? $45. They're all horrible, but I like, well, I like them for what they are. They got, it, they got it for a deal at $37.50. Especially when the Rift Tracks guys are involved. Yeah, if if you hire interns, guys. <laughs> I want an intern. intern. John and I were talking about this yesterday. We can get an intern for the podcast because we are technically an LLC. I'd love to get an intern to do all of my social media posts. You should. I would love to have. I would love to have one so that um, 
basically uh somebody could run a patreon for me because i don't have a patreon because i don't have the time to run max in charge of that a year ago (laughs) (laughs) okay guys so worst interns go max (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would be the shit oh my god i would be a terrible fucking intern i'm not getting paid like like, what the no no like, 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 hey, you want to be the intern for the, you know, the three three geeks thing? Yeah, sure. Boop. You know, yeah. this is great for my resume. There's like seven of you. <laughs> yeah, it's great for my resume, but I'm not gonna do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Well, I see you're applying for a job to be an anchor here at uh, WBNS10. Oh, you are an intern with the Three Geeks podcast. We're hiring you now. Oh yeah, dude. He's oh, a yeah. social media manager. Anyone, anyone who could make it out of this shit show and still have their fucking head intact deserves a job. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, After listening to dance concert, if you can make it through that and still have still have your sanity, you get a job. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, this is a good time to take our break. When we come back on the other end, Larry Hankin will be joining us for a brief interview, and we look forward to talking to Larry. Talk to everybody soon. Hey, everybody. It's John Orlando from the PBD cast. Are you wondering where you can find my podcast? Well, it's real simple. Just go over to pbdcast.com, the online home of yours truly, or it's available through all of those major podcasting platforms. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio app. And don't forget that every single Monday night at 8 o'clock, I do a live broadcast of the week's episode of the PBDcast through the Facebook page. Just go over to Facebook.com and search for at PBDcast and join me every Monday night at 8 p.m., And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get on out of here. So I'll chat at each and every one of you later. Hi, I'm Casper. And I'm Becky Gremlin. And we're the host of Don't Fuck With The Original. We are a spoopy horror podcast that pretty much covers everything under the genre. We cover haunted locations. We cover true crime, cryptids, movies, anything you can literally think of. We are all over it. Everything spoopy. On Wednesdays, and why? Wednesdays are for podcasts. Thanks, guys. Uh, Jason, what's wrong, man? You seem to be a little bit down in the dumps. I've just been searching the internet all day trying to find a podcast dedicated to Matlock, and I just can't seem to find it. What? Funny you asked. Funny you mentioned that. I know of a podcast called Matt Talk, and it takes a look at every single episode of that beloved series and critiques it and reviews it, discusses it, even sometimes pokes fun at it. Is it ma- Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're the hosts of that. That's oh, right. Yeah, what are you? Yes, of course. Why? I don't understand why you forgot that. But nonetheless, folks, you can check out Matt Talk. We have a great Facebook page. It's at Matt Talk Podcast. You could get the episodes wherever you find podcast episodes, and we make it easy on you, don't we, Jason? Sometimes we just put we just put the link for Anchor right there in the description of each uh, announcement when an episode comes out, and all you gotta do is click and listen. And Jason, where can folks get in touch 
with us if they want to comment, say on this silly commercial or on any episode of Matt Talk. All you need to do is go to benmatttalk at gmail.com. You can drop us a line on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Twitter account coming soon. Uh, yeah, get in contact with us. There you go. And right now we have uh, eight episodes in the can. We got plenty more coming up. So check it out. We love Matlock. We certainly do. And so with that, we'll see you in the courtroom. Well, not literally, figuratively. Bonjour tout le monde. It's uh, Jesse K. Macho, and you're listening to the Three Geeks Podcast. This is Mark Matz. He'll be auditioning for the role of George. How you doing? Hey, Mark. How you doing? Hey, you gotta be kidding. This guy's perfect. Okay, let's read this. Um, I'll be reading Jerry's part. Anyone call for Vandalay Industries? No, why? Listen to me. I told the unemployment office I was close to a job with Vandalay Industries, and I gave them your phone number. So, when you answer the phone now, you've got to say, Vandalay Industries. I'm Vandalay Industries? Right. Uh, what is that? You're in latex. What do I do with latex? No, uh, you manufacture it. This is Michael Barth, another George. Hi, Hi Michael. How are you doing? Thanks for coming in. See you. Everything all right? I just came from the podiatrist. Yeah, I got something wrong with my foot. I got a little gangrene. They're probably going to have to amputate. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, yeah, well, what are we looking at here? I mean, is this guy like a real loser? No, not a loser. Uh, let's start with the second scene. You have it there? Yeah. Okay. A man gave me a you know, massage. <laughs> so? Uh, well, he, uh, he had his hands, you know, and uh, he was... Uh, he was what? Well, uh, he was, you know, he was... Touching and rubbing. <laughs> That's a massage. I think it moved. Melissa <laughs> Shannon. Hi. Hi. Melissa is reading for Elaine. It's like a bald convention out there. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, made a faux pas. No, he didn't. He knows he's bald. So how about the guy wearing sweatpants? I mean, did he do that for the parties who walk around like that? Okay, shall we start? Uh, you know what? I'll read with her. Oh, great. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, wanna start? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what was that look? What look? That look you just gave me. I gave a look? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's eat some more Kramers. furniture all of it i am building levels with steps completely carpeted <laughs> like ancient egypt i don't know how you're going to be comfortable like that oh i'll be comfortable <laughs> Thank you. 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 Thank you.
coming up to the gallop, Mr. Larry Hankins. What is that noise? Dan? That's not me. Don't know what's going on. John. Was that John? Was that me? Did you, you were there. It was me. I was, hey, I was I was listening to a little Aus, Austrian death machine <laughs> <laughs> on the iPad. I, I, I forgot you guys to get back. Oh, <laughs> not take Orlando. <laughs> nice. I was listening to a little get to the chopper. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Mike is so angry with everyone. I'm, I'm good. I was I was just more. Well, uh, first of all, I was just like, like at first I was like, okay, this is a Seinfeld clip. I get it. Oh, okay. Now Jason explained to me why we were sharing that one. Okay, makes sense. Now, and it was like, it. now we're listening to death metal. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> I think I think we need to take a three geeks uh, road trip to Jersey and give Mike a hug. Mike, <laughs> like, there's not enough uh, Irish in my coffee for this. <laughs> What? Just just one hug though. I mean, we'll 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 no, all go, turn. but he only gets what? one. Turn. He gets a hug from five of us at one time. Everybody that is watching us now, please send in any questions you might have for Mr. Larry Hankin. We will get to them. You know, you know, vodka is is uh, Russian for water, right? You know that. That's what that means. Mmm, <laughs> potato juice. <laughs> I usually prefer it fried, but this works. <laughs> hey, if we, uh, if we have a couple minutes, I just want to throw out there that I saw um, on my Netflix profile a couple of really cool trailers for films I think are coming up. American um, Stay Out? No, that was not one of them, actually. That's, I, that's I, the top five shit movie film festival that we're going to do next week. Okay. <laughs> we should do that next week. <laughs> Let's just do three. three and it has to be a it has to be a theme. I'm like yeah. Three. Russell, you're on the show next week, so come up with your three worst uh, movie ideas. But it's, yeah, there's got to be a theme to that. Oh, three worst movie ideas. <laughs> Dan's already figured it out. He's got twelve. Dan's days. gonna rule this one. <laughs> um. So wait a minute. It's got to be a theme. Three bad movies that would be tied together. As yeah, a that you, you play yeah. like a film festival or you know your own. Yeah, back to back marathon. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Um. So you got mm. theme and movies that fit your theme. Mm. Oh fuck you! And no, well here you got to diversify it a little bit. You can't just be like sequels. I mean, I don't mind speaking ill of the dead, but Ernest is a goddamn saint. I just didn't know it turned back. To be honest, I haven't seen Ernest goes to Africa or Ernest in the army. Whoa, 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 whoa! There's, there's, there's one called Ernest goes to Africa. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yes. I I understand Justin is enjoying this rare opportunity to get me versus me getting it because he's he's so easily triggered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am Dunker. This was a classic. Dude, we're getting the Arab Bud movies now. Oh my god, dude, <laughs> dude, dude! I just saw the first image that came up for Ernest Goes to Africa is a nah, nah, <laughs> no, never mind. Never mind. What's wow. a terrible idea. Wait, does he do blackface in that one? Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if just, yeah. Don't, Jason, I know you're looking for the image right now to post. Don't. Do not. Do not. Do not. Show it. Show it. Do no. it. Show it. I have to show it. it. <laughs> Privately show it to Max. Don't yeah, you don't have to do it. anything technically. Ah, oh, my God. Oh, my. God damn it. Oh, my. Why don't you listen to things? <laughs> you can ignore oh, the no. impulse. That is Max. Oh, no. He did listen to things. <laughs> oh, no. My whole worldview is shattered. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody might have done that to him. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness. I gotta watch Ernest Goes to Africa. We should watch it together. We should review it together. <laughs> I'm down for that. I'll, okay. I'll suffer through that. We're gonna do a throwback Thursday. Uh, Ernest Goes to Africa. Max Wait for I. that one. <laughs> it's a real barn burner. We're gonna invite Rondell over too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, no, we should invite more white people over because I'm sure they're going to feel much more awkward than the black people. <laughs> and I killed the podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Max. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Max. Yeah. Now we well, just feel awkward. <laughs> you said awkward white people. I mean, I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't that role right now because I'm, 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 I'm a havesy, so I'm indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mildly offended, but eh, I can deal. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, so yeah, Russell, it'll be each other's individual ideas. So whatever theme you come up with for your three worst movies is good. There we go. Well, these movies I was talking about on Netflix don't look like they're bad. They actually look pretty good. Uh, one is the uh, the Trial of the Chicago That's how they Seven. Catch you. Yes, I got to talk to our writers to see if one of them can do a review of it. That looks really good. The other one is Manic, like M A N K, because it's like the um, Orson Wells, like. There was some guy, Manic. Yeah, Mank. Mank. Thank Mank. you. Mank. I'm not saying it correct. Thank you, Mike. Mank. Yes. Mank. The dude that was in behind Citizen Kane and trying to put it all yeah. together and everything. That looks like a really good. Yeah. Gary Oldman's in it. So. Yeah, he plays. Uh, it's it's about Mank. Herman J. Mankiewicz. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, and it looks really by good. David Fincher. You couldn't remember. Or oh, really? Yep. Really? David, David Fincher's directing it. Hi, yep. Larry. Make that film? To our show, buddy. Oh, here I am. Wow, man. Yay. That was close. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> I've been well here all along. <laughs> no, I couldn't find you guys, but, but, but we're, we're here. Holy cow, it's a whole, it's an audience. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. How you doing? There's a lot more of us than the initial interview we did. Pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Uh, let me see. Yuhu, how you doing? Mike, <laughs> Mr. Dan, Jason, sure. hi Jason, hi. and John. Hot, Hello. Hot, hot take Orlando. Oh, uh, you missed the first hour and of three Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Where, where, where I, how do you guys know each other? How, how do you, uh, where are you all? I mean, is it one city or you, you know each other? Mostly in the Ohio, the, the central Ohio area, but Mike is uh, is in New Jersey. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. But, uh, New yeah. Jersey. I used to live in New Jersey, North Bergen, New Jersey. You live near there. Okay. Um, I'm in the I'm in the Plainfields. So. Is that is that below? I oh my god, are you? Because uh, I just remember being in 
North Bergen, New Jersey is the side of a hill, and you look yeah. out over a valley, and across yes. the valley is Sea Caucus. And you yes, know Sea yes. Caucus? It's, it's, it's a little bit to the west of it. Yeah, it's yes. a little bit to the west of it, yeah. For everybody who doesn't know New Jersey, Secaucus <laughs> is a huge city garbage dump. Yep. A, a city, a garbage dump as big as a city, and the wind would blow across the valley oh, and <laughs> just right in our oh, face. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Here's, here's us, and here's. Like I I take the train into New York City sometimes, and that's the one stop that it'll make, and it it always depresses me when we go through Stockus. <laughs> okay. Ah, my youth. Okay, cool. Well, you were going to talk about growing up. That's that's a growing up story right there. <laughs> for real. Like, but oh, but the hill for on the um in the winter the hill was really great because you put snow on that hill, man. And uh, the um, there was a dog leg in it. You know, you go uh, how do you, down and then wait, down, then like that, you know, like that. And making that curve with a hill that steep and kids would um, uh, go home bl bloody for, for not making yeah, the curve. But but that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if, if you if you made the dog's leg, you were having fun. <laughs> I think if anything, we're probably the last generation who did that. Sometimes <laughs> you get the dog leg, sometimes the dog gets you, huh? <laughs> you bet. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Thank God. Anyway, that's, that's just part of it. What have you been up to, Larry, since we talked to you last? Um, I've I just been, I been up to a lot, actually. Uh, I don't know if it comes to a, a hill of beans, but I've been doing a, a, a lot. Um, I, I guess... Uh, been uh, finishing up a, a lot of work since since last I saw you. I took off some time and just was finishing paintings and uh, videos and stuff like that. Just finishing stuff, writing a screenplay. A screenplay since I last saw you. Okay. Uh, but but the interesting thing is, uh, I, I have this website, uh, therealarryhankin.com, and I'm going to release uh, a movie, a, a feature that I made. Uh, in in my in my bedroom uh, over a period of a year, it was just me editing uh, with another guy, and I would send it out. It's uh, they called it a cracked comedy. It was reviewed as a cracked comedy, but what it is is it's uh, a story, a narrative. Uh, I I um, I put together. Uh, how did I put it together? But with with found uh, kind of like found art found. Uh, either outtakes or I wrote a story based on all the films I made of Emmett Demas. I've been making them for 10 years, just these little videos, little 10 minutes, two minutes, one I made 20 minutes. So I just took all the outtakes of all those films, plus some of the footage of the films. And I uh, edited it together as an, into a news story that's an hour. So it's it's all found, but it's like a documentary. Ba basically, it's a documentary, as if Emmett was a real guy. And I just went through all the footage of Emmett that I had over the 10 years. And uh, I found I could make a documentary about him, about his life, because I always never repeated the same area of uh, Emmett Demas's life. He's a 70-year-old guy who I guess the documentary covers the, about uh, kind of the contemporary times for about the last three or four years. Uh, 
last three or four years of his life so far. And, and so that's that I put it up on my website. So that's really what I'm, what I've been working on. Uh, and it's, yeah, you should check it out. You know, when you got an hour to spare, it's, it's funny. It's pretty funny. It's been in two festivals. Um, so I, I've seen it in front of an audience, it, you know, it, it's cool, but it's just quirky. It's very quirky because it's not like any other film you've, you've seen. It's found footage of a, person that never existed <laughs> so you know i could i could it's great doing that because i had so much footage i could make the story go in a lot of different ways depending on um but i learned i learned something about editing and and that is uh, that i never knew i mean even writing screenplays um depending on the editing like say you have 10 pieces of film and you know if you give it to 10 different editors it's going to be 10 different films right i mean they're going to put it together different well what i learned was that depending on how you put together the same footage it can start to bring an emotional content you can start to manufacture a reaction by putting this one in front of this one and then that one after that or before that and it starts to build an emotion you guys start to get drawn in that blew my mind where, where you could uh, screw around with people's reactions that much in movies. But basically, that's what movies is. I mean, I've been in movies all my life, but I never realized how it was put together, the emotional content. Uh, you know, I always thought about the story, the, the narrative, you know, this, then this, then this, then this. But there's more There's more to it, folks. There's more to it. <laughs> No, that's that's really cool though. As as the filmmaker, you're the one kind of telling the story, and you kind of dictate to us like, here's where you yeah should be yeah now right. You and I rediscovered that, but in a very emotional way. That oh, wow, I can do it more than just hey, this is what I want you to pay attention to. It's like hey, this is what I want you to feel. Like, Whoa, man, that's kind of you know, cool, very cool. Um, and you said you brought it to some some film festivals uh, already. Did you did you go or, or was it? I, I I went because I was so curious as to the reaction of of people. The fact that it even got into two festivals, I only handed it in because I didn't think it was, you know, because nowadays and and even I handed it in about uh, I think three years ago, and then I just saw it twice. And then I said, well, let me figure out what I should do with this. And then I got interested in other things and, you know, and working and stuff. I just forgot about it. And then about uh, a couple of weeks after I was with you guys the last time, I rediscovered. I was just up late one night. You can't go to sleep. You know, well, what do I watch? I watch TV. No. Ah, let me watch this old, the uh, how to become, it's, the name of it is how to become an outlaw. Uh, so I thought, let me, let me watch that. I haven't seen that in a long time. Hey, wait a minute. This kind of walks by itself. You know, let me, let me, you know, so I started to jiggle it. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to put it up on my website and see how, how the ordinary folk, you know, just normal people just see it. And well, what is that? So that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, what I've been doing with it. Okay. I got a question for you from our audience is what is the perfect sandwich for Mr. Hankin? Wow, man. <clears throat> I didn't know you were going to get into it this deep. Uh, right this early. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Uh, you got very uh, uh, astute watches. Uh, my favorite scent, I, I guess, well, because I kind of go on these strict diets. Every uh, uh, 
a BLT, I'm, I'm very simple, kind of, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't eat much meat. I eat anything basically to survive, but uh, I, I try not to eat too much meat and, you know, and I'm kind of a health nut. I, I guess that's kind of the way to describe it. So, uh, yeah, and the bacon on, on a BLT, the reason I said that and I'm a, 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 is because every once in a while, you know, you got to eat, eat bacon just to mortify the flesh, you know, just to make sure. <laughs> yes, I, you know, I, if, it all, if it all goes to hell, I can still eat anything. <laughs> you know? It's a survival mechanism. Bacon has a survival mechanism. Just to it keep me on my toes, you know. <laughs> so, but I, I don't feel like that, I can survive without bacon. So that that's uh, yeah. I mean, I I, I'll, I like uh, you know like a rasher of bacon and just put it in the back of the refrigerator and then like once a month, you know, see if I can keep my uh, you know the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah, so, so far it's, it's it's working. You know, it's, it's like dessert once a month. I have bacon for dessert. <laughs> well, I think uh, the the linchpin of it though, uh, what bread? What bread do you use? Oh, uh, well, uh, what is it? Uh, ciabatta, rye, rye or ciabatta, either one. <laughs> rye bread, I like rye bread. Uh, rye bread is cool yeah. and ciabatta because I just watch television and it's always on. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everything is on ciabatta now. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I think brioche is, is the one for me. Yeah. I hear that a lot. <laughs> I don't know where this thing came from. But well, here's here's the way I worked it out. I, I did it for um, for for hamburgers, but it, it applies to brioche. If you buy a hamburger, I, I haven't bought a hamburger in a long time, but I, I guess okay. Let's say it's five bucks for a hamburger. Okay, five bucks for a hamburger. If you put um, lettuce and tomato on it, it's uh, five fifty six bucks. And if you have chef garni, it's seven fifty. So. Uh, basically, you're only eating a hamburger, and but with brioche, it's the same thing. If, if a hamburger on a hamburger bun is five bucks on brioche, it's ten dollars. Yep, <laughs> it's just bread. Right. Now you're fancy. <laughs> yeah, so Add some avocado to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, now, now you're uh, in, uh, you know you get a brioche bun. Now you're, you're in that Ramsey service, this, so, no matter where you got it from. <laughs> Uh, I have a real quick question, or actually maybe a comment from Larry. Um, the last time that we talked, um, which was a, a little while ago, I was totally um, ignorant to the fact that you are friends with somebody that we interviewed just a few weeks ago, Carl Gottlieb. So oh, can, you, can you talk a little bit about how you know Carl? Yeah, Carl, in a way, Carl saved my life in a way. I mean, not really, but uh, I met him in college. So that's how long we've been friends. And uh, we, we just became friends. I mean, it's just, I don't know, boom, and that was it, you know. Uh, but he was, a, he always wanted to be a writer. I, I never wanted to be anything. I still don't want to be anything. But, you know, you have to to pay the rent, so you do something. <laughs> but, but he wanted to be a writer, and he was on the school newspaper, the Syracuse University school newspaper. And he was just uh, really vicious about his columns. He had a column. Uh, which was an opinion thing, so he could, you know, just say what he, whatever he thought, and he would just lace into whatever was going on that he didn't like, you know. Or, uh, and so he thought the marching band 
was uh, ridiculous. He just didn't like them. I mean, he liked marching bands, <laughs> Syracuse University marching band. He didn't like, and he called them all kinds of names, which don't, you can't even say now. Oh, okay. just been attacked. Okay, so, um, no, the mic came at me. I saw it. You, you saw it. Are you okay, Larry? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I got <laughs> marks on my arm. But, uh, so, uh, he, so he started to, Dis the the marching band, and they got really PO'd at him uh, vocally through other letters to the editor and stuff like that. And uh, I remember it was a big game, and uh, my fraternity. I was in a Tar Delta Phi. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But uh, so we had uh, my, my fraternity, and I lived in a fraternity. We we had a uh, we were the worst. We had way up in the bleachers, way the hell up in the uh, arena, and he would sit with us. And then a word got down to the marching band, which was directly below us, but on the 50-yard line. We were on the 50-yard line, but the highest, you couldn't go any, we were the last people up there. But down right directly below was the marching band on the 50-yard line. And the, somebody from the marching band was walking up and down, I don't know, and they saw Carl. He ran down to the marching band and he, he says, Carl Gottlieb is directly up there, man. Let's get him. Now, I, I tell you, here's how bad they didn't like him. That I remember one time he was hung in effigy from a lamppost and set on fire. That's how bad Carl Gottlieb was. How hated he was. By the marching band. But he would, you know, just spew on anybody. And they, they just, you, you, okay, so uh, what they said was, and word came up, you know, you hey, blah, blah, blah. He said, Pass him down, pass him down, pass him down. And it got up to my fraternity, and it was a big joke, you know, for frat guys. Hey, yeah, let's pass Carl down. And they start coming at us. My own fraternity <laughs> coming for me and Carl. Well, basically, Carl, we were sitting together. And so Carl, and we were up against the back wall. You know, in other words, it was a, you know, I don't know, a drop. We were so high. We were up against it. And Carl said, I'm going to fucking fight him, man, you know. And, and he's a – he could hurt you. He's, he's a shark. Back in those days, anyway, I don't know. But, so I said, okay, you know, all right, I'm with you. And son of a gun, man, my fraternity backed down. I mean, they came. They were going to pass him down because they were going to – I don't know. God knows what they were going to do to him. They burned him in effigy. It was serious. So – we held them off, and uh, they were going to beat me up, too. I mean, th th my fraternity was weird, man. <laughs> they were me up? I'm saying, I'm in your fraternity. He's my friend. No, man. Oh, man. Let's, I mean, they were just stoked about, you know, what are they going to do to him? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they were going to. So he, he kind of, it was Carl's anger that made him, ah, well, let's forget it. Because yeah, it was going to be, it was going to get bloody. I mean, they, they knew it. So they just left them. So that's one Carl story, but uh, and then we, we both became uh, we we both through I don't know weirdness uh, got into uh, the committee and satire. You know, uh, we were friends over the years. Uh, I joined, and then he went into the army. That was it. But when he got out of the army, he was looking for a job, and we were already a success. And we were looking for a light guy. You know, uh, one guy one guy to you know blackout. Now it was just. The lighting department was one switch. That was it. So the, the lighting engineer. 
that point. Yep. So in improv, you know, you have to look for the out. I mean, we don't have, you know, blackout lines. You you improv until you get to the light guy. He's a very important part of the improv stuff. He's the guy who takes it out. So he can leave you out there for a fucking half hour if you want. <laughs> you can't come off. You can't, you know, just walk off the stage. You got to wait for the blackout. And he would wait for a big laugh. And if you're not getting any laughs, it goes on and on and on. It's crazy. So he was kind of astute. He's a funny guy. So he's kind of astute about when to take it out. And uh, so he was hired as the light guy. And then he worked his way back onto the stage. But he was just as vicious. But now at least he had a, you know, a, a, a target, you know, politics, religion, blah, blah, blah. So he was kind of cool. He, he was so we were to get together again, you know. When we were roommates in, in college, and uh, yeah, we just stayed together. And he was either I followed him or he followed me. He would somehow we would work together. I, I just saw him a couple of days ago. We, we had dinner together. Uh, well, no, we had lunch, masked lunch. It's really weird in you guys' city. I live by the beach, and so it's crazy out here. I mean, by the beach. But people with masks on, it looks like I'm, I'm a, I think I mentioned it to you guys. It looks like I'm in a city full of bank robbers. <laughs> it's just crazy. I could hold up anybody at any moment. And then let me, it was a guy with a mask. Uh, 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 no, him. Uh, him. Oh, no. Oh, do, you have a gun? do you have a gun? No, we got a cough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really weird, but yeah. So we still we live in the same city, and we're you know now he's right. He's writing. We may write something together, you know, at some point. We had that was that was going to be my next question for you, Larry. Were you going to co well, collaborate, or have you ever? Yeah, collaborated yeah, we've won prizes. I mean, we're good together, you know. I mean, we were we run a uh, we got a some festival award, you know, for best film short or something like that. It was a two minute, two and a half minute film short, but it was really funny. It was cool. It was cool. Uh, so, and we wrote it. We wrote it together, and then I did it with another, you know, cameraman and a guy with a microphone. And we shot it, and then and it worked. I, I'm trying to think of if we uh, did anything else together. Well, we've made a movie. I would. He he would write a movie, and I would be in it. You know, or or he'd write a uh, film short for somebody, and I'd be in it. Or he or he would direct a film short, and I'd be in it. Or, or I would direct a film short of mine and he'd be in it. I mean, it was just kind of, you know, if you need a, a body. Hey, Carl, I, I need you. Come on. Come on over. Because uh, my stuff are always shot from the hip. I mean, I just use the off-the-shelf camera. You know, I go into Sammy's camera and buy a camera and make a film short. You know, just uh, personal stuff. I don't uh, – well, I've made a couple of productions, but they cost so much money and take so much – time and you got to get so many people i mean it's just because writing is so easy you know you just write it You're in your own room alone nobody's telling you what nobody has to show up you just write it and then you know the other thing is the budget you can type out the building blows up <laughs> and then you go Larry, do you know how much this is going to cost, man? Oh. <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> no, that's, but it's uh, that, that's one of the big problems with comic books. You know, if the writer's like, okay, and then 
you know, the Batmobile jumps off of this or whatever. Like some guy's got to draw that now, and then it's just really right, right, right. But at least he can take his time. I mean, but it's the same thing, but a little more I mean, time-consuming and right. But it costs thousands. Yeah, I was about to say thousands to make a film short. Thousands. Can I say that again? Thousands. Where do you get thousands of money to make a film short? Uh, you rob a bank? Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like my entire city is making film shorts. <laughs> it's Hollywood, so you can't, you know, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's Hollywood. You're going to have... You're gonna have a lot of competition at the festivals when there's like 500 entries. Of <laughs> like, finally got the money. Finally oh, got and then they all don't get in. You know, some don't make it. You know, so there, there's the other hurdle. And then you know, to get a prize and blah blah blah. It is so. Uh, but I guess that's what it, what's called life. I guess. I mean, you know, because everybody's saying, well, you know, it's really hard being an actor. You know, or Conditioning and stuff like that, and so on. But I guess because I've had other jobs in my life, not not many. I really don't like working at all, except <laughs> doing. Well, nobody likes working, but you know, sometimes you can work at something and do things you like. Oh, drinking, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but that's not work. You can't pay the rent. Yeah, but I, I drink five beers, man. No, I'm sorry. We need the rent. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so a lot of people complain about being an actor, but I think all other jobs, no matter what it is, cartoonist, ditch digger, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, whatever, it, it, there's just so many loopholes, so many things you have to ju oh, wait, oh, jump through, hoops. Yeah, I mean, so I stopped complaining about being an actor, you know, and auditioning, you know, what a it's disturbing my day. You know, I'm not even getting paid for this. I got to go down there. I got to memorize lines. I got to be in front of people. I got to be judged. I got to spend gas to go there. And you don't get the job. Uh, what I, that's okay. Yeah, it's part of the territory, but it's always part of the territory. No matter mm -hmm. what job you have, there's territory. You got to do it. The, the thing that just galls me about it, though, because I, I totally accept it. I've been an actor for years, so I'm just telling you guys. It doesn't bother me anymore. But the, the thing that does bother me is uh, when you do when you when you don't get the job. What I would do is I would wait. I would say, well, when is it going to go on? And they go, oh, it's you know three weeks or two weeks. I would wait and I would watch the show, and I would see who they cast instead of me, and that would gall me, man. You hired him instead of me? What? Fuck? Are you kidding? <laughs> Why am I even in this business? Am I in that instead of me? <laughs> Larry, is is there one role that you would love to have? Like, you know, you've done you've done a ton of different roles throughout your career in a very long career. Was there is there or was there a role that you were like, man, I would I would push my own mother off a cliff to get that role? King Lear. 
Well, the, the ones that I would push my mom off the cliff, yeah, uh, but I got those. And thank God, my mother, you know, <laughs> still alive. <laughs> but she no, came bro, that close many times, man. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I've never, uh, the, the only one that I, I really wanted, I never coveted a role where, where I would, you know, uh, to do, I wanted to do Kramer. The, the actual cream, not not uh, Tom Pepper, uh, but but again, it ha wasn't on the air, and there was no uh, wait a minute, just a second. but there was no uh, person I could see that was Kramer that I wanted to be, uh, you know, on, on film. So it was just a, I, I thought it would be a funny part, but but they weren't on the air, so I just had the script. Uh, so I thought, you know, I would really like to, I think I could do this really good. That, that was the only thing, but I've never covered it. But that was the only one that I really wanted to do. The one that I would covet and I wanted to push my mom off uh, the cliff uh, and uh, might have done it, but I got it. I got it. And that was Escape from Alcatraz. That, that, that was, and that was a gift. That was just given to me out of thin air. I, I really didn't... Uh, I mean, once I got the role, I said, holy cow, man, this is cool. That was the biggest role I ever had uh, up until that time. But um, I didn't know the importance. And I didn't. And here's the, the weird thing. I didn't know it was a co-starring role. I got co-starring billing on a Clint Eastwood movie. Holy cow, man. Nice. But it was never brought up my... Uh, my agent never said anything about it. I was just going to audition. And uh, when I did audition, um, I, I, they had me waiting. And uh, after a while, I wanted to leave. I, I got so fed up with the whole business. I was young. I was, you know, I don't know, my 20s or something like that. Um, I, I said, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to sit here and just be made a fool of and blah, blah, blah. Because here's the thing. I wasn't called for the regular audition. I was called. I don't know if I told you this, guys, but I, I, I was called and they said, here's a, here's a call you don't really want to get. All right. Hey, Larry, what are you doing right now? My agent called me. Larry, what are you doing right now? Uh, nothing. I don't like that kind of, what are you doing right now? I, you know, it's not good. Uh, what are you doing? I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Why? There's a big role. It's Clint Eastwood's movie. It's a tentpole movie. It's a it's a great role. A go go down there right now. Uh, okay, so rushing to me is not a cool thing. I, I I have dyslexia. If you rush me, my mind starts to scramble. So it's not a good omen. So and the second thing is, if they say get down here right away, that means to me, somebody got fired and they need a replacement. <laughs> I don't like I don't like that because it's just too discombobulating. It's for for a dyslexic. It's just very disconcerting. So I'm rushing now. I'm rushing and I'm on the highway and I'm down there. It's a 45 minute drive to where they want me to audition, and I do that and I'm and it's an and I'm you know I'm thinking the whole time. Oh oh, you want me to replace somebody? You wouldn't hire me the first time. No, you want me to replace somebody? Oh. <laughs> what actors go through amazing well at least I do I finally get there and then they kept me waiting and there's no part and it wasn't the part that guy told me and so I didn't know what I was auditioning for so it was just going down and down and getting more discombobulated 
And finally, when I got in there, I just sat, sat there disgusted. And he said, well, what do you want to do? What, why are you here, Larry? That was the question. Why, why, what part are you here for? And I said, I don't know, man. They told me that I would, they would come in. I'm disgusted. I'm talking to the guy who's going to hire me, and I'm disgusted. You know, I don't know, man. You know, They told me to come down here, and they would tell me. But they didn't give me any sides, no sides or anything. I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, okay, okay. Uh, why don't you um, – Okay, there's two parts, and he turns to now. I found that the the casting director was him. There's only two people in the room: just me, the director, and the casting director. And um, so that's a dead giveaway that somebody was fired. There's just nobody else. It's just me. So he goes, "What do you want to do? Either Charlie Butts or the or the or the uh, the guard?" So I don't know. I don't. I didn't read anything. I don't. I, I'm still very weird i'm in a weird state <laughs> a disturbed state and he's trying to calm me down he's a very nice man you know don siegel he's a great man but then he was very nice to me he says you know okay okay and he turns to the casting director says what uh what do we got we got the charlie box we got the warden anything else he says no those are the only two parts left so I left why am i here i mean did somebody get fired i i didn't know now it's he says, well, what about the warden? He says, I don't think you can do the warden. He says, can you do the warden? You want to do the, uh, no, not the warden, the, uh, the the guard. You want to do the guard? I don't know, man. I don't know the part. <laughs> the, the guard is the guard who has to beat up Clint Eastwood. Can you be, you think you can beat up Clint Eastwood? No, I don't think you can beat up Eastwood either. <laughs> okay, what else we got? We got Charlie Butts. You want to do Charlie Butts? I don't know. I don't know what the part is. Okay. All right. Here. You, 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 I, they gave me the script. I didn't, uh, the, the, on the way in, they said, here's a script. It's in my lap. He said, uh, okay, yeah, let's do Charlie Butts. All right, you, I'll read with you. I mean, he's just throwing this thing away. It's, uh, to him, it's not important. It's, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read with you. Sure. You, you want some time? You want some time? You want to go outside and read it? No, no. I just want to get out of here. I just want to get out of here. He says, no, 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 I'll just read it with you now. Come on. What? He says, all right, turn to page 76. I don't remember the page. Okay, 76. Okay, so, okay. Uh, all right, I'll read with you. All right, it's just one page. Just go. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. All right. You got the part. <laughs> now, they don't tell you. They never, in all my years in, in, in show business, they have never told you you got the job at the audition. They just don't do it. They say, thank you very much. We'll get in touch. That's what they say. And you're out. So I sat there just like this, you know, with this incredulous look on my face. So, you know, why are you fucking with me? And he goes, he goes, uh, you don't believe me, do you? And it's just like that. And I go, no, I don't. He says, why don't you just go home, sit by the phone, and see what happens? Now get out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I left. I get home, and about 15, 20 minutes after I get home, phone, hey, man, you got it. <laughs> Holy cow. Now, when the movie opened, so, all right, great. And then they had, oh, well, when the movie opened, there was a cast and crew thing. So a couple of months later, there's a cast and crew thing. And, you know, you're invited, all the people invited, the crew, the cast. And I'm watching it, and the movie opens, Escape from Alcatraz, co-starring Larry Hankin. 
among other people. But that, I mean, I, I just told you what I knew about the, the situation. And that, I mean, I would have been so nervous had they said, no, Charlie Butts is a co-starring role. And to send me down there, you know, just out of the blue and, and tell, yeah, sure, I'll read it with you, right, you know, cold, you know, just out of the box. I mean, I would have never done that. I would have never allowed that. I would have said, no, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm, I'm not going to, I need time. I need time, you know. So that was, uh, but that was a role that I would have, knowing now what I know then, sure, mom, goodbye. But thanks for asking. That's really interesting, though. Uh, just because, like you're saying, like with your dyslexia and and, and the uh, the um, anxiety that comes with that. Exactly. Um, yeah, if they would have told you, you know, like any anything. Oh man, are you kidding? For a dyslexic <laughs> type. Oh man, that would have yeah would have pushed me over the the edge. I mean, still to this day, and I I, I you know have coping mechanisms and I, I'm used to it and blah blah. blah but still, at this day, yeah, I would have become very anxious, incredible, and probably wouldn't gotten apart. You know, because I, I was so nervous. I got another brain buster from our oh, audience oh, 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 here. Hold on. We'll, 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 yeah. Uh, for more with Larry Hankin about uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Check out our interview with Larry Hankin. <laughs> it's on the Three Keys Network. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> Promotion. This is the next but could I have a side first and see what I'm going to say before I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so by the way, you people watching, this is all rehearsed. We, I have a, I have the script right here. <laughs> this is all rehearsed. It's amazing. Yeah, we, we gave him ample time to look over the script. Yeah. Like, we hey, rehearsed this right now. For a month, we were rehearsing this. Who's getting co-starring billing <laughs> in this production? Oh, uh, no, you're the star. Jason, you're the star. Okay? <laughs> I know which side of the bread butter is on. So, Larry, would you rather fight five man-sized ducks or 50 duck-sized men? Wow, man. Okay. That's supposed to follow up that incredible story. Uh, <laughs> no, well, what? Yeah, how many? Am I allowed a weapon, or is just is just a mano a uh, wingo? Yeah, I think it's mano a uh, wingo. A wingo, wingo. <laughs> um, I would chat. I would uh, duck-sized men. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I'd fight the duck. Oh, I'll go. I'll yeah, 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 just for the hell of it. I'll go with the duck-sized men. I'd like to kick the hell out of some <laughs> little guys. <laughs> I've been beat up all my life as a, in high school. I man, bullies would just pile on me. I would be getting back. Yeah. Oh, huh. my building's on fire. Well, let's keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Larry, one of the things we didn't get to talk about the last time you were on was your stand-up at the beginning of your career. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'm going to go back to stand-up. I mean, I, I, that's what I was. I was a stand-up comedian. I've always been a stand-up comedian. I mean, even when I was acting, I was. that's that's why I get so anxious and disturbed and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't have the mind of an actor. I have the mind of a stand-up comedian. You know, instant gratification. Let's get this done. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, uh I, uh, okay, what was the question? 
A question is, uh, oh, the stand-up. Um, I'm going to go back to it, but those were the days. I mean, because, you know, it's, you, you're young. You're just getting up on a stage and trying out stuff. It was all experiment. People would laugh. They wouldn't laugh. They would throw at you, throw stuff at you. Uh, people would come at me with bottles. Because I would be like Carl was in, in, in Syracuse, uh, like with his opinion thing. I mean, I was, uh, I didn't know it, but I was a satirist. I mean, I would just, uh, I would just say what was funny to me on the stage. Well, what was funny to me, turns out, you know, was sacrilege to the people listening. <laughs> so, well, I didn't know that. And people would come at me, get the fuck off the stage. And they would come at me with beer bottles upside down in their fists, you know, get the, I told you, man, bring on the Kingston Trio. Yeah, I was opening for the Kingston Trio. And, you know, I was opening for Woody Allen, Miles Davis. I mean, so I had all kinds wow. of different audiences. So Miles Davis audiences loved, you know, my 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 uh, weed stuff, my marijuana stuff, my drug stuff, my political stuff, my religious stuff. They all loved that stuff. The jazz people, you know, and the people in back. I always remember. All right, all the all the all the, all the weed heads are in the back because I hear you laughing at stuff that nobody else is laughing at. You know, we got there late. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know you're there, um, but the people up front. So. You know, for like uh, Miles Davis, it was really great. For Woody's, it was uh, yeah. like uh, the Kingston Trio audience was the guy with the beer bottle. You know, it, oh, I see. Not my audience. <laughs> oh, get off the stand. I got off the stage. I mean, I wouldn't fight. And I, and I again, I had no. Um, what do you call heckler stopper stoppers? You know, the the rejoinders, the snappy comebacks. I never had any of them because I didn't know what I was doing. I never wrote any of my material. I would get up on the stage and just talk. Now, I had a photographic memory. I kind of still do, I guess, for, for laughter. In other words, because that's why I, I'm a born storyteller. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Because when I would, uh, like I would go up with a subject. I would say, okay, I'm going to talk about uh, what happened in the what the president said today, I, it didn't really matter if it was religion or whatever, whatever the Pope said today, whatever my mom said today, whatever, whatever anybody said. And I would say it and they would either laugh or not. Now, if, if, if they didn't laugh, um, fine, but, but I wouldn't remember it. I mean, I said something that I thought was funny. It didn't get a laugh. Uh, why should I remember it? I guess because I had nothing to do with it. It was all my subconscious handling all that. I, I didn't pay any attention. I just said stuff. They laughed fine. The next night, I would start to talk about the same subject. But the places where they left, totally right there. Didn't have to remember it. Didn't have to rehearse. Nothing. Right there. And the stuff they didn't laugh at was totally forgotten. So my subconscious was an editing machine. Just And I had nothing. So I could... Talk about the same subject three nights in a row, just the subject. And after the on fourth night, I would have a hunk. I would have, oh, okay, there's a nice little seven-minute piece here. Boom, okay. Now let's talk about another subject that I do that. And so I never wrote anything, and it all was kind of natural. So when anybody interrupted with, like, get the fuck off the stage, um, that I, I, I didn't know what to do with that. That wasn't. My subconscious did not handle that uh, because it wasn't in the subject. 
<laughs> you know, so it would disturb me. It would kind of throw me off my game. But I would get off. The, uh, I mean, a guy with a beer bottle. I know him. I got off the stage. I mean, literally, that, that would have been a bloody bad thing. He was angry and he was coming at me. And it was the nightclub and it wasn't a stage. It was, you know, nightclub stages are that high. Yep. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a dance floor. So well, by the time he got halfway across the dance floor, I, I was off, you know, boom. Uh, and I was fired for that. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, yeah, fired them. Gladly. I left. I was a get back on the stage, man. The Kingston Trio, you know, you got 10 more minutes. Kingston Trio. I said, I'm not kidding. Unless you get that guy with the beer bottle out of here, man. Right. He says, no. I said, where's the bouncer? He said, the bartender. I'm talking to the dog bartender. But he said, I'm the bouncer. I said, well, throw him out. And he said, no, no, you get back on the stage. you got 10 more minutes. And I said, I'm not going back out there. And he said, well, then you're fired. And I said, thank you very much. And I walked out. <laughs> Just walked out. Because yeah. I didn't, I mean, I, I don't know what, what, it, what it is inside of me. I've tried to figure out for years of my lifetime. But I don't know what makes me come to the decisions, the finality decision. I mean, I know about checking out your options. I understand that. But when I finally come to the decision, I don't know where that comes from. Like, for instance, I don't know anybody who would say, I'm not getting back out there until you get rid of that guy. If you don't get out there, uh, you're fired. I don't know anybody who would say, okay, thanks, and just get up and walk out. No, no rejoinder, no nothing. Just, okay, fine. It's cool. I'm not wanted here. Fine with me. You, you know, I don't want to impose on anybody. <laughs> not my thing. And also, I don't have, I, there's a, yes, I do like money to, to earn a living, you know, and I like to earn it, but I do like to earn it. I mean, there, there's a weird thing about that. Uh, but it's not, I, in other words, I'm not, I won't do anything for it. I'll do some things for it. <laughs> I won't do anything for it. And, and so, like walking out of that thing, and always, I, to this day, I still think about it. What kind of a person would you say, okay, thanks, boom, and walk out? Uh, where did that come from? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, but, after you but that's stand up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I mean, I think it's a survival thing. Song, I, you know? I, I kind of think, yeah. uh, now that what we're talking about, I kind of think it's a survival mechanism. In other words, I knew in a fight with that guy, I'd be a bloody mess. I'm not getting back uh, out there. And I don't really like to argue, even with Don Siegel, you know, about the audition. You know, you want to do Charlie Butts or not? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's like I just get fed up with the situation, you know. So, okay, you don't want me here? G goodbye, you know. But, but the rewards, of course, of being a, a comedian is just great, man. When, when you're cooking and like you're doing arena shows for the Love and Spoonful or, or, or uh, the Blues Project. You know, and you got an arena and 2,000 people, and, and, and they're just going wild and, and laughing. You're, you, you, feel, you, you feel nice. You feel good. You feel like you've accomplished something. And you, you appreciate the money that you get for it, you know. But there's some arena shows where uh, it was a loving re uh, a spoonful show. Uh, again, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I was here, but they were pulling the armrests. You know those wooden armrests in these uh, large arena thons? They were pulling them off and throwing them at me. 
I mean, so the first two or three rows. Now, I say the first two or three rows because if you're four or five rows back, you can't throw it far enough. <laughs> so so it was the, the first three or four rows were just get off the stage, bring on the low. Because they didn't want me talking about sex, drugs, or rock and roll. And I'm yelling at the people. And this is the weird thing to this day. They were throwing, you know, I'm doing my routine, blah, blah, blah. And they get off the stage, boo, boo, boo. Just like, but there were college students. This was uh, Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. And they're going to get off the stage. When I, in other words, my regular stuff was fine. You know, just uh, family stuff, blah, blah. But when I started getting into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, they go, boo, boo. And I, so I stopped. And, and they're booing. And I said, hey, hey, I thought this was a college crowd. I thought you guys liked sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, Love and Spoonful are on. It's a rock and roll show. <laughs> You know, and they they quieted down to hear my rant about why I didn't understand why they were yelling and didn't want me to be on the stage. So they shut up and listened. You know, I said, you know, look, this is you're you're young. You're supposed to be you're supposed to love this. You mean you you don't smoke weed? Come on, that's bullshit. You know, I said, okay, and they they go like this. You know, says so okay, fine. All right, so anyway, so I go back into this thing, just boom. Okay, so anyway, and shut up, get off the stage, boom, boom. And they started just, what the fuck? And then they started throwing. Now they're pulling the things off and they're throwing. Okay, and I kept going and I'm dodging and dodging. Because I thought this is now fun. This is, holy shit, man. But if one of those hit me, now here's what happened. And I figured, okay. Uh, and the loving spoon for all in the wings saying, no, keep going, keep going. Because they wanted a riot. They wanted a riot. The publicity yes. was incredible. So they keep going, no, get a note. No. And I'm saying, well, I, I can't, you know, I can't. So, so uh, then, uh, oh, so uh, then I see, so I just, I stopped. And, I, and so they stopped. But it wasn't because they didn't, you know, that they were going to hear me or they ran out of armrests. <laughs> So I go, whoa. And then all of a sudden I see, because they had the lights on in the auditorium. That's how they do those shows. I, I don't know. They have the lights on. I see in the back, the back rows are pulling theirs off and throwing them down, passing them down. Here, pass them down. And they start again. Oh, great. Thanks, man. Boom. And they're throwing them again. Clever audience. Very clever. Very clever. Your fraternity wasn't there, were they? No, no. But, you know, so I'm used to, and then, to top that off, here comes a phalanx of cops down the side aisle, 10 on each side, marching down, and they come up on the stage, and they pull me off the stage to the great cheers of, of the audience. You know? oh, yeah, wow. yeah. And they pull me off the stage, and they hold me backstage until the Love and Spoonful are playing. And I said, well, why? I mean, okay, I'm off this. They, they, weren't, they weren't rough or anything. They were very nice. I don't think they really understood why they pulled this person off the stage or what was really going on. They would just call. There's a, there's a, they're throwing, there's a riot there. I, I don't know. They came and they said, get him off the stage. They pulled me off the stage. And they were very nice. They were just human beings who had these weird, funny blue uniforms on. And, and, I said, why, why are you standing here? I'm off the stage. I, I'm not doing anything, you know? And then meanwhile, they were setting up the stage for the Love and Spoonful. 
And they said, well, we were told to stay here with you so that you don't run out on the stage again until <laughs> the loving spoonful starts playing. I said, are you serious? And they go, we have to stay here until you, they weren't touching me or anything. They weren't holding me. They were just standing around. <laughs> milling about is I think the word. They were milling about backstage, 20 policemen milling about. And uh, finally the loving spoonful started to play and they said, okay, good luck, man. And they just, Left, you know, like buddies, like, hey, see ya. But, but, okay. And then when I got up to Washington uh, Northwestern, there was the same same thing. There was a priest, a cop, priest, a captain, police captain, and the dean of the college stopped us before we got on the elevator to our hotel saying, is there a Larry Hankin in the in this group? And there was uh, the Love and Spoonful, me and two of their managers. And, and they, uh, they wouldn't let us on the elevator. And the managers understood immediately what was going on. So they just turned their backs to these guys and they spoke to us as a group and they didn't say my name. They said, okay, go upstairs to the room and go into his room. And they pointed to, they didn't want to say my name to identify me, which was kind of cool. They said, go into his room, lock the door. Don't let anybody in except us. Don't unlock the door. Okay, go. And then they turned back. And then about 10 minutes, so I went up to the room. And, oh, you got to do your act. You got to do your act. And I don't know, man. You know. And then they knocked on the door. Okay, we made a deal. All right, what is it? Okay. You can do your act. Um, well, first of all, the reason that they were there, the cop, the priest, and the, is they got a call from Washington University. And they said that the Loving Spoonful is opening with a filthy-mouthed comedian. Get him. Don't let him. <laughs> Don't let him on the stage. That was the message. The dean said that. The dean of, of Northwestern said that. Washington University, a filthy mouth comedian. So he said, you can go on the stage as long as you keep it clean. As soon as you say anything filthy, they're taking you off. That's sex, drugs, or rock and roll, or, or religion. Okay, that's it. We're going to dinner. You guys figure it out what you want to do. And they left. So the loving spoonful was saying, you know, you got to do your act. And I said, oh, well, man, I don't know. You know, cops and us doesn't look good for me. It looks good for you with the riot, but it doesn't look good for me, uh, you know. And I, I'm, you know. So I said, but finally, I said, okay, I'm going to do my act. What the hell? You know, so I did So I did my act, and it went great. Period. Wow. Go figure. No, 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 nothing. They just laughed. So... When you have when you have the whole crowd ripping up their their armchairs to throw stuff at you, uh, um, do do you feel your inner Eddie Kaufman? Like like were you celebrating like just the emotion? Kaufman wasn't around by the, at the time. He was just like an up and comer. He was a new kid on the block. So uh, no, but but now that you mention it, I do understand what he was doing on purpose. In other words, he in other words basically he was manipulating. Audiences. He was manipulating a crowd. I did it once on purpose, and I never wanted to do it again because I don't like the feeling that it gives me to manipulate. I had a, uh, I was going to some concert, and I went outside. Uh, not I was going to. I was in a, a concert, a rock and roll concert, and they were lining up. So it was the, the concert started at eight o'clock. I was going to go on at eight fifteen or whatever. So they said they're they're just filling the house now. They're coming in. So I went out into the lobby and somebody gave me a bullhorn. I don't know how I got a bullhorn in my hand. You know one of those hand things, bullhorn. 
Oh, I think I had the idea. I said, let me see what a bullhorn does. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to manipulate a crowd. That was, that was my idea. So I went outside, and there was a big line out in the lobby into the auditorium. Big line. And so I, got, I just stood outside in one corner of the lobby with the bullhorn, and I said, well, everybody, please form a line against that wall, please. <laughs> and everybody just went over and formed a line against the wall. Holy cow. And I waited about 15 seconds or so. Will everybody please form a line now against that wall and come around here and go in through there? <laughs> Holy fucking shit, this is amazing. Okay, will everybody well, and then just pulled away. <laughs> I, I understand now why people won't let me have a bullhorn. That, that, yeah, but but a it works, and b the the guilt that I felt after being pulled away was just enormous. What are you doing, Larry? I mean, the fact that yeah they were sheep, but it's not. No, you don't do that, man. That that's cruel. That's 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 a no no. I mean. Literally, I'm not preaching to anybody. You can do what you want, but the message that I got was fierce <laughs> about manip manipulating people, like lies, and you know it starts to go on. I see where it's connected. I understand why people hate certain people, uh, not hate, but aren't, aren't going to vote for certain people. Sure, yeah. I understand that mm -hmm. the manipulation of, of population. But it was a clear lesson. I don't know. Larry, I know that we're getting close to 2 o'clock, but I have two more quick questions for you. Go. Uh, go. The I have nothing to do the rest of the day, man. Let's just, let's just oh, hang. Oh, man. I'm not just oh, yeah. hanging, man. <laughs> well, let's you're just gonna, hang. You're going to read a part for... Let's uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. so just get some beers and just tumble. You know, let's just... <laughs> let's just solve a couple of problems, okay? Come on. I mean, if, yeah, have you got a good question? Now, none of this bullshit. Come on, let's ask some questions, man. Fierce. Let's get into it. All right. Before before I get into the two questions, I want to just say, man, my my life has gotten so surreal. Larry, I was asking our mutual friend uh, Steve about getting you on the podcast a second time. Steve's like, you have Larry's number. You don't need me. Call Larry, and it's just oh yeah. In that moment, like my head. <laughs> I do have Larry's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> There's question. a lot of people who think they have my number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just see, Jason. <laughs> but, um, I got yours. <laughs> you, you have been in everything we've talked about this on the other podcast but one of the shows we only got to briefly touch on and i want to just find out what your experience was like was you were on what is now my favorite television show on air currently which is barry what was your experience working on barry oh that was great that was uh, that was uh that was another show i you know i would uh, i would discuss it with my mom first uh, <laughs> but that was a show that was a show that yeah, it's great. I, I I just wanted to be on that show. I didn't care what. When when they said uh, and they called they called me at home. It was really strange. I had I kind of dropped out of show business for a while, so I didn't have an agent or anything. And uh, they called me at home, 
And they said, hey, you know, uh, we'd like you to be on it. And um, they didn't know, I didn't have to audition or anything. I was like, they, they showed a lot of respect. Uh, you know, I, I call that respect. Didn't have to audition. They said, you know, here's the part. You want to do it? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. Not because of the part, but because of Bill Hader. I, I, Bill Hader is very high in uh, my, you know, heroes. Kind of heroes. You hear him. He's a comedy hero of mine. He's got a great sense of humor. He's really uh, funny as an actor. He's a funny. I mean, a lot of the shtick that he did on Saturday Night Live was really off the wall, man. It, it was just great. And then he's a great writer. He really writes for himself very well. And he's an amazing director. I didn't know that, but I suspected it. Uh, and he's a really fine actor. So he's an all-around good guy to emulate or follow. And when they, and I knew when they were saying Barry's going to be on, he's going to be writing and directing it. Um, I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so I knew he was directing when they called me. So I was just stoked, man. I said, wow, man, whatever you want me to do. I even lied. I said, uh, they said, can you do a Russian accent? I go, oh, yeah, I, of course, of course. No matter what, you know, I want to be on the show. I, I don't care, you know. Yes. No, I, I don't. Yeah. But when you do uh, improv, like, for instance, uh, I was in Second City. So, you know, you, you, you got to do Russian, German, whatever. But they're, they're improv um, accents. They're not true accents. They're improv accents. You know? Da, ya, 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 da. And um, so that's what I was thinking. But they said on the phone, they said, well, you know, uh, he's a Russian, so he has to have a Russian accent. But would you mind if we had a Russian uh, language uh, accent person, whatever you call him, oh, wow. uh, on, on the set to help you? And I said, no, that would be great. No, thank you very much. Terrific. Uh, which kind of relieved me. Again, the anxiety thing about uh, So I, I, I memorized my lines. And I went down there. And I, all I wanted to do was talk to the accent person, the Russian linguist. But they, there was nobody around. I, nobody came up to me. I, and I didn't really ask because I wanted to watch Bill Hader direct. So that, that's why I was there. Not, not to act so much, but just to be around Bill Hader to see how he directs and what he wrote and, you know, process. So I, I'm into process. Uh, I, I'm not in love with Bill Hader. I'm in love with what he does and how he does it. So that's, uh, so I, just let the language thing go. And then somebody comes up to me, says, okay, you're up, you're on. I go, oh, shit. <laughs> so I use my um, my improv accent, you know, my ya-ya-da-da Russian accent, and nobody said a word. And then when I got off the stage, uh, you know, when I was finished with my scene, uh one of the persons said, you want to see what you did on this one particular thing? I think it's kind of cool. Uh, so they took me to the TV village and they showed it to me. Uh, so there was another, there was just me and the guy who runs the TV village. And then there was a woman sitting there too. So we watched and I go, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Cool. And then uh, I turned to both of them and I said, by the way, have either of you two seen the Russian dialectician? Because, uh, I mean, what do you think about the accent I was doing? I said to the to and I said, fine, it's Russian, it's fine. And I said, okay. And I said, 
do you know where the Russian linguist is? And she said, I'm the Russian linguist. <laughs> and I go, well, I mean, I was looking for you. And I started to apologize. I was looking for you. I couldn't find you. And nobody said anything. And, I, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, she says, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's just things like that, that I, I don't know, you know, I, I was here because of Bill Hader and all of a sudden I can do a Russian accent that I didn't know I could do, that maybe everybody in improv can do a Russian accent and we don't know it. I mean, it's just really kind of strange, but that's my Bill Hader. I, I just love, by the way, here's what I, uh, what Bill Hader proved that I've learned over the years. Great directors. I'm talking about John Houston people. Great directors don't direct. I've worked with a lot of people who I thought were great in my own estimation. John Houston was one. Don Siegel was another. Clint Eastwood thing. Um, Bill Hader is, is going to be up there. Eventually, he will be one of those guys. He's cool. He's sharp. Uh, so those three... Uh, uh, um, Larry David uh, doesn't direct. What he, what he does is uh, he'll, he'll give you jokes or, or funny things to do or say. Just, you know, he'll watch a scene, even while they're shooting. He'll, he'll stand by the camera. He doesn't direct, you know, but he, he can direct, but he doesn't. He stands next to the director. And then, you know, when he gets a funny idea, he'll go, all right, just wait a minute. And he'll go up to you and he'll go say, you know, if you say it or drop this or go over there, he'll just give you a laugh. He'll, he'll just because he's just always thinking about funny. What what is funny? And going to give it to you and walk away. And then and then you go, okay, go ahead. And then you run it. And then when you see what he just did, you go, oh, that, that is funny. That's really funny. But they don't they don't direct. They and John Houston explained it uh, to a lot of us. He said. He said 80% of directing, 80% of your movie, once you get the script, 80% of directing is the actor you hire. So it's casting. He said 80% of the, he says, and you hire an actor because of his body of work. You know, uh, I'm, he's talking about stars now, not, you know. Anyway, he says their body of work because of the decisions that the actor makes within the character and the story. That's why you hire them. He said, so if you're going to direct an actor who you've hired, you're destroying the whole point of why you hired him. <laughs> He's making the decision. And Al Pacino said, um, he said, I use ad directors. And not, not as a disparaging thing. He was saying as a positive. I use directors as safety nets. He said, because I, Al Pacino, I like to take risks. I like to take chances. You, you can kind of tell by just wow. his own body of work. He just is out there all the time. But he said, I like to take risks. And sometimes somebody has to pull me back or save me because I'm just too far out. <laughs> so that's what the, I, the director is. So it's not, they're not directing, they're saving. They're kind of keeping you in the, on the rails. On, on the rail. So uh, yeah, and, and Bill Hader was one of those uh, people who never, never the entire time through the accents through everything else, with him, I shot an entire day with him. He never once ever said anything to me. And it, for somebody who, again, is anxiety prone because of dyslexia, it was driving me up the wall. But I just wanted to be so good for this guy, this my, my funny hero, 
that I just, you know, hung in there. Finally, when, when he dismisses, okay, you know, Larry's a Smith, you know, blah, 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 blah. Larry's a Smith. They always clap everybody is dismissed. All right, dismissed. There you go. And I said, can I ask you a question? And he goes, yeah, sure, anything. I said, you never spoke to me once the entire day. You never gave me what? You never said anything, even ever. I mean, you, you, you were driving me nuts, man. Why didn't you tell me something or, or direct or what was going on? He said, well, Larry, this is kind of cool. He said, well, Larry, this is the truth, what I'm telling you right now. He said, well, Larry, when we wrote it, we didn't write it anything like what you were doing. We didn't know what you were doing, but it was working. And I didn't know what to tell you because it's not what I had in mind. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> That's a cool, man. It is. Uh, you know, from, from a guy who I respect, from a guy who I respect, that meant something. That's cool, you know. That's, but, you know, it's, it's just show business. It's, you, can't, you don't know. You just don't know and you just go in and keep on trucking. Trucking. I, I, I see a third interview in our future because. Well, I hear you. Okay, let me just talk to you about that. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You said you were going to talk about my, my childhood. So I was thinking about my childhood the whole time. <laughs> okay, so now I got to just like, talk to somebody and get it out somewhere. But okay. <laughs> I'll think of something else. <laughs> but I've been rehearsing in my head, you know. Oh, my dad, yeah, he's really funny. And, blah, 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 blah. and my sister, right. And the doorknob story, right. Ask me about the doorknobs, yeah. It's hard to, man, because sometimes the conversation veers somewhere else. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what's like my act. See, I would get on and, you know, it kind of, but you, you come up with good stuff that way. You know, just nope. over flow. there. This is all great stuff, Larry. This is, this is <laughs> been wonderful. Definitely. You guys are great, man. Yeah. Hey, oh, yes. I, hey, can I talk to uh, you guys after we get off the air? Can yeah, I absolutely. absolutely. Sure. But, um, Larry, I yeah, real quick, absolutely. One, yeah. you should write a book. You should write an autobiography about your That's life. what I want to talk to you about. Well, I mean, it's a. Huh. No, I mean, I've, I've thought about that. No, that's not what I want to talk about. But the, the things that go into the book. Is what I wanted to talk to you about, not okay. not the book itself. But so, yeah. uh, where but can you're right. I will. Where can everybody find you online? Oh, okay. Go to uh, the real uh, the real .com is my website, uh, and the the movie is up now. I have to tweak it a little more. I have to cut out about uh, ten seconds. Uh, well, let me see. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. This this. Four spots where it goes black. It's on purpose. It's a reason for going black. But I think it's three to five seconds too long. So I have to take out 20 seconds. Is that? The is black. that like, I mean, you don't figure 20 seconds is that long, but is that very hard? Oh, like man, are you kidding? You watch a movie, man, and you uh, yeah. sit. Uh, when, when you watch anything, anything, when you hit something that's boring, where you go, just before you turn the channel, just click a stopwatch. Go, I'm going to watch it for yeah. 15 seconds. And just sit there through this boring thing and see how long it is. Or don't look at a stopwatch. Just sit there and see how long you can take it for it being boring. And it, sh it <laughs> feels longer than it is. I've done things. I'm, I'm Okay. I've, I've said things uh, where I record myself, uh, you know, for a bit that I want to do later. 
so I'll record it. And in my head, I'm stuttering while I'm going, uh, what should I say next? Boom. But it's recorded. Now I watch it. And the stutter or the uh happens like that. But in my head, it was, oh, my God, I can't leave this in. It's so boring. <laughs> so time in film and in your head and in real life have nothing to do with one another. Huh. Storytelling and reality, the timing is different. So, uh, yeah, 20 seconds is a lifetime if you're watching it. But but in real time, it's it's 20 seconds, you know. <laughs> I mean, you, you're watching the internet. If your internet, if your uh, laptop is buffering for 20 seconds. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, seconds out of your mind. <laughs> That's the new Instagram. That's the new Instagram. <laughs> nice. Well, Larry, thanks again for coming on. Um, everybody watching, have a great day. Larry, we'll see you after the credits. Larry, we love you. Bye. Thanks, Larry. <laughs>